Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Derek. Howdy, Derek. Howdy, Jeremy. Derek, we have got a super geeky episode of the Retro Time Podcast today. I'm super stoked. Uh, with you know, we've been doing some kind of heavy episodes recently about you know stressing out, burning out, and all that stuff. And we thought, you know, what's something that we can do to change it up a little bit, keep it a little bit light? Uh, and we said, well, what's two things that Derek and Jeremy love more than anything else? Maybe aside from their wife and kids. Do you know what it is, Derek? I love that you said maybe there. No, go ahead. <laughs> Science fiction shows. Most specifically, the one Derek and I both have a mutual love of is, uh, you know, Star oh, Trek, clearly. Star Trek, yeah, that's the one. Star Trek, right, yeah. Not oh, yeah. Star Wars, not Star Wars, Star <laughs> Oh, Trek. trust me, I know better. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know better. All right, but before we get into it, Derek, I heard that you've been doing a little bit of uh, upgrading to your house. Is that true? It is. Um, we upgraded some very, very critical technology in our domain um, so if you are anything like me, you like taking showers, okay? Sometimes. Like having a good shower, okay? Every time okay. I took a shower, I get all itchy. It's the worst. Okay. Every time I take a bath, I get all itchy. Okay. Our, um, dishwasher, we'd wash dishes. The dishwasher would get covered in this white sort of film over the course of like oh. a few... So Turns out, hard water calcium buildup, hard water. Oh, dude. Okay. All we right. We installed a water softening system Ooh. yesterday. Let me tell you, Jeremy. Yeah. It's like touching silk. Wow. It's like silk's coming out of that, so, that faucet. You know, growing up in New Orleans, we had pretty hard water. And I had family that lived in Baton Rouge, you know, so sometimes we would go up to Baton Rouge and I'd wash my hands and I felt like I could never get the soap off, you know? Yep. Because uh, the water was like softer up in Baton Rouge for some reason, I don't know. Probably because they they didn't have all the chemical runoff in their water <laughs> supply like we did in New Orleans. Um, but is it like that? You got you just feel yeah. It's like kind of it's like feeling? silky smooth, and we gotta wow, even beyond okay. that. We got what they call this. Is sounds so fancy technology reverse osmosis purifier, baby. Oh, so yeah. the whole house, so you, you could drink the water from your fa- from your uh, shower. You could just now, the, the, mouth re- open the reverse that. osmosis is in one spot, so like it's okay. just by the sink. Because oh, you, you need yeah, like okay. you need like a tank for that. <laughs> it's uh, it's the kind of that's an expensive piece. Yeah. But let me tell you something, Jeremy. Took a shower, no itchies, wow. no skitchies, no flitchies. Okay. None of them on neither yeah, of those no, three. Right. I guess that helps too with like all the crap building up on your faucets. I guess no more right? crap. No more crap. There you go. So you see, the thing you watch out with the reverse osmosis is you only want to reverse one time. If you reverse twice, it's actually going to keep going in the same direction that it was going before, and then your osmosis will keep going in the the wrong direction. You want to reverse it so that it goes in the opposite direction, so your osmosis is heading back the way it came from. Now, when the guy was installing, it's great you said that. When the guy was installing it, he said, (laughs) you don't want the patented Jeremy Miller. He called, said your name. Yeah. uh, The 360 osmosis scenario. (laughs) Um, It turns around real quick and then it just keeps doing exactly what it did before. It's just, you just, it's really just a waste of money. You don't want that machine. Absolutely. Uh, So, this new technology in my house (laughs) um, made me think, you know, maybe, maybe we could expand on our love. Yeah. Of technology, a love of sci-fi, uh-huh. and be inspired by the water that is so soft. I feel yep. like I feel like my hands just went back in time. It's like it's like you're washing your hands on a spaceship. 
It's like a spaceship wash. I guess. Yeah, space wash. I don't really know what that would be like. We should maybe we can interview like a, an astronaut or something. Elon Musk. We we tweeted at him. Never tweeted back. It's been months. I feel like he's probably not going to respond at this point. So maybe we need to reach out to someone else and see what they're planning on doing for Mars and what the hand washing situation will be like there. I'll do it. Hopefully they won't be itchy. I'll but, do it. All right. So we're going to geek out a little bit today. <laughs> Derek, you want to kind of explain what we're doing here? This is something you came up with. Uh, you heard it somewhere or something. Tell everybody about it and what we're going to be doing today. The idea is... We're going to do a draft, similar to how if you listen to um, people listening to this podcast may not, but I hope you do. Um, sports ball, they do a it's thing a, yeah, called so a draft. Yeah, so this is a thing called sports ball, fall, yeah. okay? Um, it's basketball podcast, and it's uh, by a man named, hosted by J.J. Redick, okay? Duke legend, played for the New Orleans Pelicans. No relation Pelicans. to J.J. Abrams? Uh, relation brothers. to J.J. Abrams? Brothers. Brothers, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... He has a podcast, and at the end of most of his podcast, he does something called Draft, where they actually pick cool things of a certain category, and then they draft them as if they were doing like an NBA draft or NFL mm-hmm. draft. So if you and we're pick using one, the term cool, we're using the term cool very very loosely here. Yes, yes, very loosely. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, they'll do like best Christmas movies or best like, uh, you know, uh, best ways to drink best wines or something stupid like that. We're going to do something way more relevant for our audience. We're going to do technology from sci-fi movies. We're going to draft it. Jeremy and I are mm. going to draft it. One at a time, back and forth. But we can't reuse them. So if he uses Got a cool it. one, I can't reuse it. All right. That's All right. the idea. Let's do it. All right. You ready to kick it off, Derek? So what do we do first? So you go first. You, you go first. All and, right. So and... what we're going to do is we're going to do rock, paper, scissors. You can't see it. So Jeremy okay. and I are going to do rock, paper, scissors. And... <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Ready? One, One yep. two, three, throw. Oh, we really got scissors. scissors. Okay, ready? That's okay. We're <laughs> One, good. One, two, two three. three. Oh, okay. He cut I did, the paper. I, just, I did scissors again. All, All right. right. He did scissors again. I got paper. All so. right. You know what's funny? He's this totally off top. My, my son plays rock paper, but he makes up stuff. And it's always, it always whatever he makes up always beats me. So anyway, just who make up like, I got an elephant and he crushes the rock <laughs> or whatever. All right. So um, first up. I have a feeling you're not going to uh, pick this one. This is something I've I've seen the show based on the books. Uh, it's called The Expanse. It's Ooh. a sci-fi show on Amazon Prime. One of my favorite, after Star Trek, obviously, one of my favorite sci-fi shows out there. If you haven't seen it yet, do yourself a favor. It's fantastic. Um, it's very realistic, actually. Like the way they do FTL, like you have to strap yourself in. You got to get like this blood stuff put in your blood so that you don't pass out from all the G's. And when they're in space, it's like very realistic, you know, like Star Trek, FTL. It's like, oh, it's like nothing. You're just standing there like normal because of the inertial dampers. I get it. I know. But anyway, it's like very realistic. I actually really like the show a lot. It's a very cool show. Anyway, they have a thing in there. It's called a a hand terminal. And what it is, imagine like a phone, but only like two inches wide. And you hold the bottom piece of it, right? Or two inches tall, inch tall, maybe three inches wide, something like that. You hold the bottom piece of it. And it's like a holographic display pops up. And it could be like... It literally anything. The way they use it mostly in the show is like as some type of communication device, but you could put it on a table and then like it'll basically like turn the table into like a smart table and you can interact with it and do all kinds of stuff. Or you can transfer files back and forth, just touch them. Or you could put it up to like a computer and it'll download the files and stuff. That way. And it's really cool. It's called a hand terminal. I love that it. is my pick. That's a experience. great first pick. Solid first pick. The UX um, in there is really cool too. The UI and, the, and all that stuff is really cool. The, the interface. 
we will uh, we'll have to post a picture of each of these items in the show. Oh notes. yeah, that's a good That'd idea. That'd be a cool idea. Put a yeah. link. Yeah, right, yeah, so yeah, we'll okay. do that for you guys, so you can see All a picture right, so of what we're talking about. That's my top. That's your top pick. So, that's so Jeremy, I think you're going to be a little bit disappointed in my pick here. Uh oh. Um, not Please because don't say it's bad. Not because it's bad. All right. But because it's great, and I don't know how it didn't go first. I'm just going to say it: the Stargate. Dude, that was on my list, man. The Stargate. In this movie, they go through, uh, they have to find all these pieces to this crazy device, and then they go through, uh, which it, it sort of looks like water coming out of the side of a wall, and they walk through it, and they're on another planet, like completely and instantly transported to another planet that also has one of these Stargates working. Um, always fascinated me beyond, like, it's almost like beyond sci-fi in a way, because it's like this uh, instant connection between two worlds kind of deal. Um, and then, yeah. of course, the show where they're going all over the place. They're Stargate yeah. here. They're gating here. Yeah. They're going I underwater. Stargate, dude. Stargate yeah. is one of my – I think I, I've, I mentioned this in the show before, but we used to always do the AMAs at work, right? And, and one of the things I always ask is Star Trek or Star Wars. And we had this one guy come in, and his answer was Stargate. Oh, Kyle. Sorry, just... Oh, but yeah, I love Kyle. Yeah, Best answer I could have ever gotten for that, that question. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about Stargate – I love Stargate. I'm so glad you brought this up – was that it ties together all those ancient alien – uh, yeah, theories, right. you know, and basically it's like these ancient uh, gods, right? The pharaohs and all these things. They were they were actually aliens, <laughs> and it built this whole mythos around it. And uh, the idea was that they built this this ring with a bunch of hieroglyphs on it. And the hieroglyphs, you put them together in various combinations, and those are basically like your address, right? So like your your IP address is a bunch of numbers. So you put a bunch of signs together that takes you to different planets, and these king or, or gods ancient gods or aliens and they would you know travel around and enslave humans and things like that now you may be interested in this jeremy there's a video game called no man's sky which has a portal system it has a quintillion planets or something like the ridiculous mm-hmm. number of planets uses the same concept where you have to use glyphs and you put yeah. them together so people can send you their glyphs and you can go right to their planet you know it's kind of mm-hmm. neat so it's same kind oh, of thing okay. um anyway stargate yeah. baby yeah, there's some weird things about Stargate though, like like weird plot holes and like like the symbols and stuff use like Greek symbols like lambda and 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 things like that. Um, but it was ancient Egypt, which you know, like clearly, I don't think anybody they, they didn't put a lot of thought into. Um, but anyway, there's some interesting things there. It's- Only other Stargate thing I want to mention is I tried to watch the first episode uh, of the TV show Stargate uh, SG One. Watching yep. the first episode, I'm loving it. I'm just in yep. it. It gets real dark, real fast, and then someone's on a table and there are boobs. And my son walks in, and I'm like, I, "Why I are there that. boobs? In SG1, or, there were boobs in, SG1. in it. Oh, it was yeah. a TV show. On like, I know. I was TV. like, what's what's the deal with the boobs? All right, <laughs> perfect. All right, so we got Stargate. So Derek's got Star. Are you keeping track of all this? Oh yeah, dude. I'm very excited. All right, so let's bring it over back to to Star Trek. I think this one's pretty pretty out. The holodeck. Oh, I mean, holodeck. It's kind of amazing. I mean, it's Great like choice. literally anything you could possibly imagine, physical, real in your like in your hand, physical thing, you're in that space. It's it's amazing. It's obviously magic. They never really explain how it works. How do two people walk in opposite directions in the star in the uh, holodeck and never touch a wall? Who knows? Uh I don't know how it works. Doesn't matter. It's sci-fi, suspension, disbelief. Uh, holodeck, pretty amazing stuff. I think uh, Enterprise and 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 uh, Deep Space Nine they they explored that 
technology quite a bit and all the various things you could do with it. Um, one of the things I never understood is how can you, Derek, get wet? Remember there was an episode where they were like on the ship, yes. like the old Enterprise, the the uh, the, uh, the mass ship, the sailing yeah, ship? Yeah, I remember that. And uh, Worf or, or, or one of them gets wet and they walk out and they're still wet. Like, how does that, I don't understand how that works. How do you, how do they, how are they still wet? If like the water is, is a hologram or whatever, we may uh, never how know. can it be physically wet? I don't understand it. Anyway, or the water like will splash out. I think Picard was walking by and got wet or Riker got wet, something like that. Anyway, um, who cares? doesn't matter. Awesome technology. Yeah. The other thing I love about the holodeck is that, you know, they used to talk about how they would do training programs and then, and then they would have this other category, personal programs. Where, sure, yeah. Where, like, where, like, you go and meet a companion, so to speak. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I feel I like that's. I want to think about what would happen. If you think about the internet, how it is today, like, it's oh, 90% God. Yeah, personal just... programs. Anyway. Definitely would be um, NSFW or NSF uh, Primetime TV. <laughs> Not safe for NS, uh, NSF Primetime TV. Yeah. PTTV. Yeah. Right on. Right. Great so choice. Great choice. Yeah. Good. Um, what you got? I'm actually going to pick something. Uh, I'm going to change my order here and pick something that you may not know about. Uh, it's from a new Star Trek episode, new Star Trek season. This isn't going to spoil anything I for anybody. Seen it. Okay, good. It's called Star Trek it. Discovery, and it is something called programmable matter. Okay. All right. So that? it's like holodeck technology, but oh, but in the real but world, they can like program the... matter to be any shape, any size in real time. With a little pen. See, you know, so we were talking about this uh, a few episodes back with the uh, the shit where they get the tea and stuff. What do they call replicator? Jesus yeah. Christ, I couldn't think of it. Anyway, replicator, right? It it, it takes matter and it re- reforms the atoms into whatever thing. I mean, matter is matter. It's just the different atoms made up of different protons and right. neutrons. You rearrange the protons and neutrons, and bam, you got something new. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Like Why is that. it always tea? Why is it always? Why does that have to be T? <laughs> it's so in this case, what? It, but it's physical things. Like you could reprogram anything. You could program anything. Yeah. Now, so you, is it is it special atoms that have been made by this thing to be programmed, or does it, it reprogram seems to be, any? It seems to be very specific matter that has the okay. ability to be programmed into any form. Okay. okay. Fascinating. So it can't just be like it can't turn into like magic and just reform a whole thing or no a, no a no spaceship no. it's, it's got to be very special. Special. okay that's really cool all yeah. right so i'm gonna programmable matter that's pretty interesting all right what will they think of next eric who knows what will they think of next all right um so uh i've got another one i you know i, I feel like we're gonna talk mostly about star trek so i'm trying to avoid star trek stuff here i'll get you star trek um but uh one of the things that i really dig uh i guess well this one's this one's pretty nerdy <laughs> but um did you ever watch the show Farscape? I, have, well, the, I may have watched an episode of it, but I never got 90s. into it. Uh, it was really it was So Jim Henson was uh, one of the uh, producers. So there were a lot of characters in it that were using like Muppets, like actual, like not, you know, computer generated things, but actual physical Muppets, puppets. Um, and Jim Henson did. Anyway, it's a lot of really weird looking space aliens and things. Interestingly, two of the main characters from that show ended up becoming main characters in Stargate. Whoa. And they did a crossover episode once where the Stargate team was in a Farscape episode. What? And it was like, it was all a dream sequence. But anyway, it was really interesting. Uh, <laughs> anyway, there's a ship called uh, Moya in uh, Star in uh, Farscape. Farscape. And uh, it's a it's an a, a, a organic being. It's alive. 
so it can regenerate itself and things like that. And Moya actually, I think at one point had a baby spaceship. <laughs> so anyway, it's an interesting concept. There's this like organic matter that is also high tech, you know, electrical circuits and things like that as well. Um, but you could ride inside of it and it was a spaceship, but also a, a being. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, what a great uh, choice. It's, you know, whatever. It's a good show. I liked it. Bar it skate. was cheesy. All right. Well, campy look, stuff, but it was good. Check it out. Check it out if you dig that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Don't um, judge me. So we have been talking quite a bit about, uh, you know, the silliness of these, uh, these technologies. But I'm going to throw something at you that may be a little relevant to our audiences all right tastes as it were and that's why they come to the show they come to the show learn something new so uh true that or maybe they don't i don't know who knows i don't know who knows. Why, why do you come here you just ask yourself and leave a five star why do i come here uh because i don't have anyone else to talk to about this stuff that's why <laughs> okay, I now, once this pandemic's over man <laughs> jerry's never gonna talk to me again he's like you're the Derek only who i remember that guy oh, oh, yeah. Used to, yeah yeah all right so the thing i want to talk about is uh, on the Enterprise, may take a little setup. On the Enterprise, every single system, Star Trek, by the way, um, yep. is triply redundant. They have triple three redundant. backups okay. for everything, or two backups, right? Just the okay. main triple, right. triple. In your world today, I, I mean, in my world, I have never heard of anyone saying we need three backups for this. Is that like a the, military thing, or like a? Is that something like the military does? No, I worked that, in the I wonder military. Where they got that. <laughs> I, I no, know not even not, one backup. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's always one, but it's like, yeah. you know, uh, they do think a little more about it because they're mission critical, and if they fail, then you know, they. You know, we so is this your is this your pick? Just triple redundancy? <laughs> it's the idea of of the idea of not just redundancy. the double, but the triple. Yeah, triple okay, redundant right. systems. I just it's always fascinated me why we don't invest time into uh, the redundancy of our systems. Yeah, that was for you okay. kids out there. That's it. There you go. Triple redundancy. I'm going to write that one down. I'm recording that. I'm I'm doing this so that we can we will believe it in the show notes so you can pick. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Triple redundancy. All right. Uh let's see. Um all right. So I'm going to s- change it up a little bit from uh geeky sci-fi to mainstream pop sci-fi. Oh, I have always been super impressed with you know just the like the Marvel universe in general, the tech and stuff they have. Yeah. But um specifically uh, Iron Man suit. Oh, what a Pretty choice. dang impressive. Um, uh, Tony Stark's uh, ability to create these suits and, and uh, all this stuff is pretty incredible. The other thing I think is really most incredible is that somehow Tony Stark is able to actually like maneuver the suit by using his limbs without like flying all over the place and crashing somewhere. I think that's pretty impressive in, on its own that he could fly with jets in his hands and his feet and not kill himself. Uh, aside from all the cool weapons and heads-up display and stuff in there, um, the fact that it's nearly um, indestructible is pretty cool as well. But uh, I will go with Tony Stark's Iron Man suit. It's a freaking great choice, man. Jeez. I chose triply redundant systems. My man throws out the Iron Man suit. <laughs> good God. What is my problem? You know what? The other thing, too, would be interesting. This would be another good episode, too, would be to talk about like the UX design of all of these interfaces yes. because they're just like so interesting. I wonder if anyone's ever pulled them apart because I imagine most of them are complete nonsense. 
Like, what are these switches, these buttons, these <laughs> interfaces tell you? What are the graphs and the, and the data viz stuff going on? Like, I wonder if anyone's analyzed, like, a specific interface and been like, what does this do? What is this for? Why would you put... But what would be really interesting, though, to me is if I was des- if I was on the team that was designing that, and I feel like Marvel's got the money, they could spend some time to research this. What would you need in a suit, right? Or what would you need in an interface for an Iron Man suit? What kind of levels would you need to keep track of what like you know are there uh like g-forces all these other random things that you'd probably want to have alerts for measures you know measurements and things right what are the switches for what are the what are these anyway i'd love to investigate that'd be an interesting topic sure what sure what jeremy all right great i'd love to talk about that and and some of the (laughs) other interfaces like in star trek and you see like the panels yeah they're uh what was uh, it called it's got a name l cars was the name of the panel what does it stand for do you know uh Liquicious? No, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Uh, but it, yeah, it's it's basically it's a it's an interface that uh, no matter what your job is, it knows and it changes for mm-hmm. you at whatever. Panel See, that you should go be relevant. I mean, even today, that could be possible with I NFC that was cool. and stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, right. You put a little NFC chip in your your shirt or whatever, or maybe even implanted in your hand, which I, I wouldn't be for. But you know, as you put your hand on a thing, it, could, it should know who you are, what your role is, even your badge, like you have access to. Badge, yeah, your badge, right? Badge anyway, that could be that could be possible today. It was interesting though, in like how this kind of stuff applies back to work. We were working on some of that stuff in our old job. You remember, we were doing all that tracking at, on the shop yeah, floor yeah, right. and all that stuff with NFC, and and we're like persona driven. That's essentially persona-driven applications, just yeah. taking it to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to log in because the biometrics already know who you are when you walk up, and you know it's nearly impossible. You know, I guess anything's possible, but nearly impossible to fake, you know, an eye scan, a retina scan, a voice scan, things like that. Um, anyway, tell that to Q. I love it. Um, anyway, so my next thing is I was gonna I was gonna choose something. Um, this is actually a tricky one because it's not really a technology. <laughs> You'll understand okay. in a second. Um, I'm picking the Borg Collective. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. It's not a technology so much as it is how they all interact with each other and keep information like instantaneously like communicating between all the Borg. Borg, if you don't know, are from Star Trek. <laughs> they live in these giant square uh, or sometimes I guess circle. Sometimes uh, fear, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know Steve's always going to call me out on it. Um, <laughs> I have to be very careful. Uh, these big ships and they're all in communication with each other all the time. So if one learns That's one it. thing, they all learn it at the same time. Immediately. Right. Um, yeah. Wacky. It's wacky. Uh, so it's like the idea of when we're, you know, we're working on a big team or something and, and we're trying to get information out to everybody. If we were all plugged into this like matrix of knowledge but it's it's you can think of it like though if you like obviously you wouldn't want to do that um because you know then everyone wouldn't have a singular voice but having those points where you kind of uh those touch points with people or knowledge sharing sessions where you know everybody's engaged you know all that kind of stuff like places where you know new information is going to be shared that's kind of like our little borg collective um Mm -hmm. you know i don't know derek you're getting way deeper in this than i was dude (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like that they shoot lasers. I'm talking about like yeah. like living starships, and you're talking about like actual philosophical stuff to make us better uh, engineers and designers in the team. And um, you know, I should have put more thought into this list. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I'm winging it. Okay, I'm winging. You're winging it. it. He's winging it. All right, All right. so that's mine. That's Borg collective. So you got the board collective. All right, let's see. Um, the next thing I think I'm going to pick. It was a toss up 
between uh, Jordy's visor oh, and Data, just Data in general. Oh, God, um, what a great choice. I think, them. like, you know, the thing, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Jordy's visor just because everybody probably at least is somewhat uh, familiar with Data, but men might, might not have been thinking too much about Jordy's visor. But the thing about Jordy, so if you don't know about Jordy, old Jordy, mm-hmm. LeVar Burton, you probably, if you don't know him from Star Trek, you definitely know him from reading Rainbow. People of a certain age would know. Back in the 90s, was very big, reading Rainbow on PBS. Anyway, he's LeVar Burton, Jordy LaForge. His character was blind. And I don't quite remember how he went blind. But uh, they made this visor for him that would allow him to see. and But he didn't see in normal uh, spectrum light like we would. He saw in all kinds of various different uh, spectrums, infrared or, you know, I don't know. Help me out here, Derek. What else did he, he – all kinds of various things he could see. Ultraviolet was one, but he could see. I think he could even see through stuff. Like he, he could, could see, see through, through walls, walls sometimes. He, he yeah. can sense heat. And, yeah, he could sense heat. It's like anyway. a predator. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Except he was uh, very uh, benevolent. Mm-hmm. Not, not not bad at Never all. Never got the girl. Um. Anyway, his visor. I always thought it was really neat. And um, that's pretty much it. They that's made him a great see. choice, dude. Yeah. You know that made me. It makes me think of. We recently uh, in the United States we shot a. Uh, Actually, it was I think it was a, a global collaboration, the um, James Webb Telescope. Yeah, we shot yeah. that into space, and, and the first thing I kept thinking was, I can't wait to see some rad pictures of like you know very close up, clear HD, uh, oh, yeah. you know it's, stuff. It's a but, radio telescope, but that's it? not really what it does. It, it it's yeah. like it's like Jordy's visor for telescopes. It picks up different signals so we can see deeper yeah. into space, deeper into the. That the is true. It's, yeah, it, it doesn't pick up. Uh, visible light. Yeah. It's not like the Hubble. It's not a big like camera. It's uh, like a dish, like more like a radio telescope. Yeah. I think it's like a dish, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that can sense that stuff. Anyway. It's a super, super crazy, uh, lots of mirrors and stuff. It's, I just read it's a million miles. It went a million miles in like a couple of months. Holy Pretty crap. crazy. Man. Yeah. All right. So that's Jordy's visors, my last pick. I think that's my fifth one. All right. Well, I'm going to do the old swip and swap, um, which is which is what I call a theft you know, when in the draft. Um, I'm going to steal data. What? Okay? Um, oh, I didn't pick it. Yeah, I, I didn't even have data on my list. You don't need to know You didn't that. have data on your list? I didn't, oh, and Derek. I felt bad about it. But it's my choice, right? Now I find out. I got some new intel. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm picking data. And here's why. Okay? It's not because data is the best. Okay? And he was the perfect android, even though he was imperfect. Mm, he was um, perfect because he was imperfect. Exactly. Who was, who was, so like he, what did Data always want to become? Human. He always wanted to become human. And his brother, what's his brother's name? You know his brother's name. Oh, Jesus. Lore. Uh, Lore, yes. His brother Lore <laughs> was more human than Data was, but he let his emotions get in the way of mm. his logic. He was Data too was, human. He was too human. So... Data was perfect in every way. Um, and he told great jokes. He just mm-hmm. made real great poems. Um, Loved himself. Spot the uh, cat. His cat, okay. yep. Loved his cat. Somehow um, he had a relationship with Tasha Yar, which I don't understand how that works. That's because works, he's but... fully functional. Yeah, we, um, that's, what, that's what they said. That's what I've heard. <laughs> um, and If let's... you know what I mean. <laughs> that went on way too long. The, um, yeah, the best part of it yeah, for me, though, is... It actually spawned a whole new show that you haven't seen yet. Um, at least we haven't talked about it. Star Trek Picard. 
Ah, um, yes. It's actually no all spoilers. about data and oh, at its core. Okay. Um, and the and the the, the you know intricacies behind that. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, That's I interrupted it. you. Got. I, I was gonna say, what are they gonna do if uh, they ever want to bring data back? Um, because Brent Spiner, the actor, is Brent Spiner, right? Spiner, Spiner, yeah. Spiner, mm-hmm. uh, who who played Data. He's clearly a human, so he's aging. <laughs> so, how do you bring Data back on a show without? I guess you could, you know, de-age him. They did that with those those movies with Robert De Niro and stuff. They de-aged him. Um, I don't know if CBS has the or Paramount has the uh, budget for that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they well That's they did cool. they, they had a they had a short cameo for, of of data, and okay. he was aged, he? but he was like in a probably some... I think he was a professor at that point in in his ah. um, in his life. And, so in uh, his in his quest to become more human, he he aged himself. Aged himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's I love how they can spin that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, that's perfect. So um, that's my pick, data. Um, and the technology. Oh, no, dude. Android so you see, I mean, I don't know. There's probably no crossover between Discovery and Picard, but if you could take those, uh, the matter, the programmable matter, and make the programmable matter cha- his skin change over time to be more wrinkly. Um, I think in Discovery, though, I, no spoilers or anything. But uh, if you haven't watched it yet, earmuffs. I only know this because I think I've I've spoiled it for myself. But they go in the future, thousands of years, if I'm not mistaken. Possibly. And so that's where they get this programmable matter. So I think the time period where Picard and Discovery they're they're not overlapping. So maybe that in this time period <laughs> that programmable matter hasn't been discovered yet. I guess. Anyway. Right. That's that. Okay. A little, a little nerdy there. <laughs> um. All right. So data. I love it. So that's our five, unless you want to do one more as a little bonus. You're the, what were you going to pick for your fifth, but you chose data? What did you have for your fifth that you were going to do? Uh, my fifth was the tricorder. Um, oh, yes, the precursor to our smartphones, man. I, yeah. You know, I, I just wonder how many of those people who were building the first smartphone, whether that was Palm or BlackBerry or Apple team, how many of them referenced the tricorder when they were doing that? I know, right? You know, you think most of them? I imagine most of them. Yeah, especially I mean, actually, they, <laughs> there was a company that that claimed to have been pretty close to building one, where they could point it yeah. and and sort of scan a person and and yeah, she tell went to jail. She them. just she just got convicted. Oh really? <laughs> oh Jesus! No, I'm joking. That was um the one that tried to be Steve Jobs. She had the turtlenecks and stuff. Oh no, kidding! And, that that uh, uh, she it was like it was a blood test. Anyway, it's uh, not not the try was to make it a joke. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> clearly, not, it, there was some, there was some award actually out uh, for like you get a million dollars if you can prove that you know you can build a tricorder with these specs. Um, mm-hmm. It's something like that, and, and it's got to look just like the tricorder. It, it, should, it must, it's gotta, yeah. It's got to beep 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 beep, um, beep 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 and beep. It's got to beep. beep 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 beep. Yep, that's it. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's that's my that would be my pick for for that one. What was your last pick? Um, well, let's see. Other things I had on here on my list. Um, I had the ring from the Expanse. So the Expanse kind of has this thing. It's it's sort of like the Stargate, but it's a little different um, mm. in that it just it's just one. There's just one, and it just goes to one place. Um, so that was kind of cool. But it was like this gigantic thing, like spaceships could go through it. It's huge. It was like a ring around uh, around Jupiter. This giant ring. Anyway, that's kind of cool. Um, if you haven't read the books or seen the show, I definitely recommend the Expanse. I after Star Trek, actually Battlestar. I didn't talk about Battlestar Galactica at all, man. Oh, damn. Uh, anyway, there's too much stuff. Too much stuff to think about. 
Let's see. I had uh, Warp Drive, FTL, just in general. A lot of, lot of great choice. Kind of like Can't believe that. Sci-fi trope. How did you that know, get Clearly, picked? you have to have some way to travel fast and light if you want to have a sci-fi show where you're traveling back and forth between planets. Otherwise, the whole the whole plot just falls apart. So you have to have some kind of thing like that, which makes sense. Um, let's see. Um, uh, uh, cloaking devices, you know. Great from, choice. Uh, it's kind of a thing, you know, just uh, whatever. The stuff you could do with a cloaking device is pretty cool. Uh, and that was pretty much it. I only came up with a few things, and you picked a couple. So, so that's it. That's my list, Eric. Who do you think would win? Here's the here's the here's the uh, just a, a real quick overview yeah. rundown yeah. of the draft. Uh, the two competing teams here. For me, I had the hand terminal from the Expanse, the holodeck, Maya from Farscape, Iron Man's suit, and Jordy's visor. And I'm pretty sure you'd win because you had the whole board collective here. Uh, but Stargate, the the gate from Stargate. Uh, programmable matter, which I think is pretty... Imagine if the board got handled programmable matter. Jesus Christ. That would be bad. Um, triple redundancy, the Borg, and data. Sounds like a pretty solid lineup to me. I think you'd win in a matchup. Well, we'll see. We'll post it on the old internet and see if anyone we'll responds. Get, we'll get... Yes. Yeah, <laughs> if it's... Uh, this, if the number of people who leave five-star reviews also vote, we'll have uh, three people. I will post it in our work Slack <laughs> channel and uh, right. and see if we'll anybody see. votes there. Sometimes you get... you get a, There's a lot of nerds. We work with a lot of nerds, so... Well, of course. We have um, a lot of software engineers. And I hope all you are nerds a, a out there. thousand too. software engineers that are um, all very nerdy. Absolutely. Well, most of them. Not all of them. Some of them, I'm sure, are pretty hip. Uh, all right. Well, that's it, Derek. That's a, this is a fun idea. I love this. This is really fun. If you haven't yet, check us out, RetroTimePodcast.com, and sign up for our newsletter. You get updates and all the stuff, and there might even be a coupon in there for some stickers and stuff if you sign up. So check that out. Um, when I say might, I, I mean it actually is. So if you sign up, you'll get a, you'll get a coupon. So do that. RetroTimePodcast.com slash reviews. Check out all those review jams. Leave a five-star review. You can now leave a review on Amazon Podcasts. They do their own podcast thing. Spotify, you can now leave a five-star review on Spotify. Love to see it. Uh, so uh, take a screenshot of that stuff. If you want a five-star review, let us know. If you just want to be in the background, just hanging out, doing your thing, leaving a review, and you don't want any any kind of special attention, Hey, that's great. That's less for Derek to do. Just leave a five-star review, and uh, you don't have to tell us. That's fine. We'd that's appreciate fine. that. You do all that stuff, and uh, you know it's a great way for more people to find out about the show. So if you like what we're doing, leave a five-star review. It would help us a whole ton. And um, I think I'm done with the PSAs, Derek. That's it. That's all I got. Well, look, if you're listening to this right now, you made it all to the end, you're the best. Okay? <laughs> you're the best. You are. So you're one of our you. people. If you listen to this whole thing, you're definitely our people. All right. Thank you, guys. Take it easy. Throughout the ages, from Keats to Giorgio, poets have composed odes to individuals who have had a profound effect upon their lives. In keeping with that tradition, I have written my next poem in honor of my cat. I call it Ode to Spot. Felis catus, is your taxonomic nomenclature an endothermic quadruped, carnivorous by nature? Your visual olfactory and auditory senses contribute to your hunting skills and natural defenses. I find myself intrigued by your subvocal oscillations, a singular development of cat communications that obviates your basic hedonistic predilection for a rhythmic stroking of your fur to demonstrate affection. A tail is quite essential for your acrobatic talents. You would not be so agile if you lacked its counterbalance. And when not being utilized to aid in locomotion, it often serves to illustrate 
the state of your emotion. Commander, you have anticipated my denouement. However, the sentiment is appreciated. I will continue. Oh, Spot, the complex levels of behavior you display connote a fairly well-developed cognitive array. And though you are not sentient, Spot, and do not comprehend, I nonetheless consider you a true and valued friend. <laughs>